Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, I've been asked a lot over the years to comment on our philosophical position here at Tannen is sort of a rundown of what, you know, makes us tick and how we arrived at our overriding approach and mindset. And looking back on our past seven years or so of operation, it's kind of an interesting exercise for me too. Now, if you haven't noticed, we tend to take a slightly different view of the aquarium hobby around here. It's not that we don't respect, value, or love all the traditions of the hobby as it exists. We do. However, in practice, we look at things from a slightly different point of view one which puts nature in charge of a lot of things. We look at it as if we have a you know, personal responsibility to sort of step out of the way a little bit, to cede a little control to nature, to set the stage and let natural processes play out in our tanks with limited, if any, intervention on our part to create more naturally functioning aquatic ecosystems and displays for our fishes. To understand and acknowledge that our fishes and their very existence is influenced by the habitats in which they've evolved. Now, although a high percentage of the wild aquatic habitats that we love so much happen to consist of that, you know, earthy brown water with decomposing leaves and twigs and seed pods and stuff like that, we're inspired by and play with all sorts of habitats ranging from crystal clear karstic rivers to brackish water estuaries to the rift lakes of Africa. It's all about finding inspiration from a variety of natural aquatic habitats and then replicating their function to the best of our ability in the aquarium. That's our game. It's not just lip service either. When you look at some of the aquariums we've advocated for, created and managed over the years, that becomes fairly obvious. We do advocate some rather unconventional stuff. Uh, But is it really that unconventional? I mean, all we're doing is focusing on the more natural part of nature, if that makes sense. We're not overstating our skill in what we do, nor are we basing our work with, you know, vapid rhetoric. We're just doing stuff a bit differently questioning some long-held beliefs, trying to recreate natural function in the aquarium, perhaps a bit less traditionally than has been previously done in the hobby. And it all starts with our view of nature and our place within it as aquarists. Now, hobbyists love to expound on ideas about nature and how what they do is an expression of nature in a reverent, almost religious way. It's cool, I guess, but sometimes I find it a little bit silly. I mean, every aquarium is an expression of nature to a certain extent, right? In those prosaic, often pretentious, haiku-like statements that we see posted by a chorist online about standing before nature and stuff like that sound really cool, but what the hell do they mean? And if the aquarium that you're executing when spouting off this stuff is as relevant to a wild, natural aquatic habitat as a vase full of cut flowers is to a mountain meadow, how do you reconcile that kind of lofty rhetoric? It just rings hollow when you think about it. And unfortunately, in our social media soundbite iteration of the hobby, that kind of word salad makes a great Instagram reel or whatever. The headline's rad, but it dumps stuff down and objectively tends to fall flat when you really look for some real meaning behind it. 
In a very real way, the creation of an accordion is a search for meaning. That relationship between nature and our aquariums makes a lot more sense when you look at and study the wild aquatic habitats of the world and attempt to replicate their function as accurately as possible. The appearance, which you know we as humans hold so important, seems to follow the function, whether we like it or you know we either like it or we don't. It's pretty straightforward. Of course, not everybody likes the appearance of aquariums created and executed, you know, in this fashion. This makes sense. Nature, you know, doesn't create uh, uh, aquatic habitats for our viewing pleasure. Uh, no, not all of our creations, you know, sort of square with our hobby definition of what's beautiful. Nature doesn't really care. Our approach understands this. And rather than trying to warp nature into something that looks right to us, we advocate making mental shifts to see the beauty in what nature does and to embrace this stuff when it happens in our aquariums. It's not about trying to win some contest, receive accolades from the Instagram crowd, or trying to meet some rigid standards set out for competition biotope aquariums or whatever. You won't garner a million adoring YouTube fans by presenting aquariums filled with decomposing leaves and you know biofilms and brown water. You won't have contest judges throwing roses at your feet. And you won't be creating aquariums that look like what you're used to seeing pretty much everywhere. Rather, our philosophy is about looking at nature as it is and accepting all of it. Humbly accepting, of course, that we can't perfectly replicate every single aspect of nature and her functions to the nth degree. Instead, it's about learning what we can from the wild aquatic habitats of the world and trying to bring their function into our home aquariums to the greatest extent possible. And that means embracing stuff like sediment, turbidity, Tinted water, fungal growth, uh, biofilms, decay, detritus, the results of natural processes which occur when terrestrial materials are immersed in water. Stuff which, quite frankly, freaks most hobbyists out. Full stop. To you, it also means mentally shifting to not freak out about the appearance of these things in our aquariums. To not seek ways to eradicate them, rather to contemplate what makes them form and what role they play in the overall aquatic ecosystem that we've created. And indeed, to rejoice in the fact that these same things are happening in the wild aquatic habitats that we strive so hard to attempt to replicate in our tanks. It's kind of cool. These principles and the mental shifts that we make to accept them form the transportive mechanism of the botanical method aquarium. It challenges you. It tests you. It doesn't give a damn about what you think it should look like. It's about ceding some control to nature, something not always comfortable to everybody. It's an aquarium practice neither rooted in tradition nor hobby culture. Rather, it's based upon the whims and the functions of nature herself. So would you say tradition, you know, not included? Well, yeah, for the most part, because aquarium tradition, and I say that in air quotes, typically issues stuff like algal films, detritus, fungal growth, turbidity, etc., etc. It's long been part of aquarium culture to control, limit, or eradicate these things, to stifle natural processes rather than allow them to play out in our tanks. However, beautiful things can happen when you meld this understanding with your skills, your talents, and a pretty good attitude. And loving this stuff, embracing it, doesn't mean you're somehow cool and are a rebel or some visionary or something. It doesn't mean that every single aquarium you do has to be a dark, turbid morass of decomposing leaves and jumbled sediments. It just means that you have to have a slightly different philosophy, outlook, and acceptance of some stuff than the majority of aquariums do. Stuff that impacts the way you create aquariums and which influences the way they operate. And look, this isn't the best way to run an aquarium. It's just a way to run an aquarium. 
The botanical method is not an excuse for laziness, nor a license to abandon common sense either. You still have to do some work and make the effort to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And yes, nature will rightfully kick your ass if you try to circumvent her laws. You are entirely to blame if your tank fails. Ouch, right? Perhaps that's not what you would expect to hear, but it's true. When I do something stupid and take a big risk without considering the consequences, I occasionally get my ass handed to me by Mother Nature herself. And I'm entirely okay with that. I deserve it and I learn from it. And yeah, there is a certain amount of risk to taking slightly different approaches. Sometimes shit happens even when you're doing what you feel is the right thing. Not everybody wants that. It's 100% understandable. Yet it's what you expose yourself to when you really stand with nature or whatever the hell those guys say. And there's also the way we look at things that most hobbyists view as problems. And again, I say that in air quotes. When people are going through stuff in their tanks, like algal algal blooms, uh, etc., etc., tradition in the hobby dictates, you know, corrective action taken by the requirist. It's seen as a huge problem. It needs to be corrected. Oftentimes, if we look at the problem objectively, it's simply nature responding, as she's done for eons, to a set of parameters which favor one life form over another, like algae over something else. Our version of corrective action is to find out what is causing this undesired issue and simply allowing natural processes to help bring things back into a normal balance. As we've discussed many, many times before, our corrective actions to solve some sort of issue usually involves doing nothing. Yeah, just waiting it out. Letting nature correct things and bring the aquarium back on course, just like she's done in the wild aquatic habitats, you know, for uncounted millennia. Asking ourselves if what we're seeing is really a problem in the overall scheme of nature or just a problem to us as hobbyists because we've labeled it as such. It can be a tough thing to wrap your head around that. I get it. Particularly after generations of hobby wisdom and practice telling you otherwise. And again, it's a mental shift that I couldn't possibly expect everyone to make or embrace. And you still have to apply some old-fashioned common sense to this approach. It's not, you know, stand by and watch as your aquarium bites the dust. In a real problematic case, you know, extreme situations like disease outbreaks, ammonia spikes, temperature drops, poisonings, etc. Intervention by the hobbyist, you, is the absolute right call. Standing by waiting for an infectious disease or a poisoning to run its course is is ridiculous. Assuming that the disinfectant that your housekeeper accidentally spilled in the tank will simply, you know, work its way out of the system is insane. However, for a bloom of biofilm, some cloudy water that can't be attributed to mismanagement on your part or a little bit of algae, waiting it out is the best way to go in many cases, in my humble opinion. Many of these things we call problems are simply life forms reacting to opportunities and resources that are available to them. Nature seeks to balance things out, and these things are often a sign that nature is kind of working on it. Often the solution that we employ creates some other imbalance, and it you know, fails to contemplate that the problem is simply not a problem in the first place. I've said it a hundred times, probably, and I'll say it again. I think that many of the things we label as problems in the aquarium hobby receive that label because of the way they appear, the way they look. Things which don't fit some hobby-imposed standard of aesthetics get labeled as problems, in my opinion, and that's absurdly incorrect, and it's a downright irrational point of view, really. Looking at things we're familiar with or that we find unattractive because hobby norms, you know, uh, as problems deters us from evolving and moving ahead. It sets up artificial roadblocks on our journey that aren't always necessary. We need to look at these things as opportunities. 
Yes, opportunities to figure out what role they play in the ecology of natural aquatic ecosystems and in our aquariums. We need to look for ways to incorporate rather than eliminate them from our tanks. Because when we incorporate natural processes and functions into our tanks, we're doing the very best possible job at advancing the state of the art in aquarium keeping. More than ever, or I would say, actually, why did I say more than ever? I'm trying to say this, more than we could ever do by studying, I don't know, some rock arranging technique or learning, you know, showing how to glue wood pieces together to achieve a certain look. We're going to go way farther when we learn these things as opposed to, you know, how to glue wood together. Now, this position is not going to win me any friends in some corners of the larger aquarium, you know, community. It's definitely going to anger almost anyone who's ever written a how to solve your, you know, whatever problem type article for beginners. And it'll certainly piss off some manufacturers of solutions for all sorts of problems in our aquariums. Now, why is this? Well, first, because it's wildly unorthodox. It's a sort of different take on being proactive in the hobby. Our version of proactive is to set up your aquarium to work with nature from the start to allow her the space to do her thing. It's not designed to employ numerous technical props, additives, and complex procedures at every step. One thing we do recommend, however, is to form regular small water exchanges on your aquariums. They make sense, especially in a closed ecosystem like an aquarium. That's one tradition, and apparently not a popular one with many hobbyists, that we're behind, you know, 100%. And it figures, right? We embrace the most unpopular tradition in the hobby, figures. <laughs> now, we espouse studying natural aquatic habitats, their influences and their functions, and how they formed as the model for our aquariums. Anyone can tell you to use this filter, add this additive, try this rock, or whatever. Only nature can tell you with authority to allow this or that to occur in your aquarium because that's what she wants. We ceded some of the work to nature. We accept her actions. Work with them instead of resist them. Yeah, it's a huge mental shift. Now, also, it's not popular to advocate for something without some you know, plug-and-play solution these days. Telling a hobbyist to study what the cause of the algae problem is in his or her aquarium, uh, you know, and then to simply wait it out or take subtle actions until such time as the system rebalances itself is a wildly unpopular approach. I'll admit that. Sure, if you see something obvious, like, you know, you're dumping a whole pack of frozen brine shrimp into your tank at every feeding and it's going uneaten, you could probably curtail that ASAP. But embarking on some crazy procedure to exchange 90% of the water in your tank or scrubbing and siphoning the detritus out of every centimeter of sand is, in my humble opinion, a fool's errand, one which will only result in a longer recovery time. And don't even get me started on detritus, by the way. In my opinion... Most of what we label as problems in the aquarium are the result of environmental lapses or imbalances caused by either something your tank is, you know, efficient is or uh, deficient in uh, or has too much of. It's that simple. And I believe that there are other ways to tackle these issues than simply reaching for product A or whatever. Yeah, really. That's simply not how great botanical method aquariums are conceived, created or managed. They're created to facilitate and take advantage of natural processes, regardless of how they look initially. Function first. In my admittedly biased opinion, a botanical method aquarium is perhaps one of the best ways to bring nature into your home, to blur the lines between nature and the aquarium, really. Now, sure, planet aquariums give us a similar challenge, but the botanical method aquarium challenges us in different ways. It tasks us to really understand exactly what's going on and accept nature in all of its unedited beauty. 
And yeah, it makes us accept that there is beauty in things like decomposition, biofilm, detritus, algal films, that kind of stuff. Things which we as aquarists might have been indoctrinated to loathe over the years. We just have to let go sometimes and trust in nature to move stuff along the correct path. Nature finds a way. Nature knows how to do this. Again, problems are only problems if we interpret them as such. When we see something we didn't expect you know, to happen in our tanks actually occur, the question to ask ourselves might not be, what's the problem? Rather, it might be, is there a problem? Look, it's not like we're trying to re, you know, create warp drive or you know, foster nuclear fusion or whatever. Nothing about the botanical method approach is even remotely difficult or hard to execute from a technical standpoint. In fact, the only hard part of this whole approach is making those mental shifts, letting go of old notions or preconceptions, that sort of thing. Our practice and its underlying philosophy is really not that earth-shattering. But it's an example of an approach, one of many in the hobby, which simply requires us to look at what exactly we want to accomplish, understand what it is just a bit, and develop a mindset and practical procedures to work within the requirements and parameters laid out by nature in our aquariums. It's still very much a work in progress, but we're well on the way to making truly natural botanical method aquariums far, far more common in the hobby. Perhaps not traditional, but very exciting. We can find comfort in forging new paths. What we don't know yet and understand is every bit as compelling as what we do. Now think about that. Stay thoughtful, stay creative, stay curious, stay driven, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Hellman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Ten.